Welcome to Customer Service Academy Radio with author and customer experience expert, Tony Johnson. Tony will share his vision for successful customer service, leadership, and business excellence, and speak to some of the most impactful leaders in business today. And now, here's Tony Johnson. Hello, everybody. Customer Service Academy is back on the air. I'm Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. Today's episode, as always, brought to you courtesy of IgniteYourService.com training and consulting. And folks, I have a rare treat for you today. I am launching brand new online virtual training, starting with my six canons of customer service from my very first book, one of my most demanded keynotes. You can go to CustomerServiceMasterclass.com and sign up today for the six canons of customer service training because, let's face it, it's going to be a long time before we are all in a big room again together. So in the meantime, let's get a little bit of conversation started about taking tremendous care of guests. And as we all know, we're in the middle of the great service comeback. As I'm recording this, we are coming out of the 4th of July weekend, and boy, you could tell folks had a little bit of cabin fever. Folks were out not socially distancing, not wearing masks. Uh, I hope everybody ends up being okay from that, but there is a real hunger and a thirst to get out there into the universe. Let your organization be the one that takes tremendous care of guests and customers so that they can absolutely want to consider your business the one that they want to advocate for out in the universe. But as always, I think I've yammered on much, much too long. I'm going to bring in my special guest this week. I've got Clint Westbrook in the studio. Welcome, Clint. Thank you, Tony. I'm really excited to be here and talking to you and your audience today about customer service and what does it mean to me, and then uh, leadership as well. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, Clint has spent some time with some absolute powerhouses. Anyone who's listened to this broadcast knows I am a huge, deep blue Walt Disney fan. And Clint spent a lot of time with the Walt Disney Company, as well as Wolfgang Puck Organization. Clint has opened restaurants internationally, launched food brands. And in his role, he has not only been a champion for amazing service and leadership, but consistency and execution which really are part and parcel of, of creating, going beyond, you know, service into a true experience. But I will tell you, Clint's true superpower, I think, is being a tremendous developer of people, caring about his teams, and I'm really hoping to hear a little bit about that today during our conversation. So, so again, Clint, thank you, and I'm looking forward to our time together. I am too, Tony, and, you know, that's one of my leading talents is the people around me is much stronger as a team than a bunch of individuals. And how do you develop each of those talents so that they're complementary and that people get to excel not only in their job, but also in their own personal lives and outside of work? Because it's a balance. It's uh, really important to think about those priorities. That is so true. So before we jump into the leadership part, and I love the fact that you take great care of your people because you can't have a great service organization without engaged team members. And let's face it, engaged team members don't come from leaders who don't care about them. They, they can just tell that from a mile away. But, you know, with all these great companies you spent such, you know, so much time with, what does good customer service, what does a great customer experience mean to you, Clint? Yeah, and Tony, you know, I've had many conversations about this, and I really believe customer needs to be inserted the word guest. Because when you're taking care of someone that's a guest in your home, in your place of work, um, you want to welcome them as such, uh, as your guest. Uh, treat them as a guest. Uh, secondly, I think service should translate into hospitality because service is what you do. Hospitality is how you make people feel. And it's an emotional connection. And no matter how long or how brief it can be while you're taking care of your guests, that connection is very, very important. And people want that. In fact, 
guest service or guest hospitality has taken over the number one spot in what people believe is most important in a, a service experience. So you really have to focus on that and how do I make that eye contact? How do I thank them? How do I make sure they know that I appreciate them coming in? It takes a special talented person that is certainly knows the right way to take care of guests, but also make sure that they know how to go above and beyond when that guest needs something. So for me, it's really important as you think about that's the foundation of what we do. Great service and great hospitality can overcome a poor or mediocre food experience if you take care of it properly. I know Wolfgang said to me a number of times, Clint, some of my best guests and my long-term guests are ones I may have screwed up at the first time, but I made sure I did service recovery and I made sure they felt really good about things before they left. So that's another big piece around customer hospitality and taking care of your guests. So important for you to think about that. And also coming out of COVID, I truly believe that experience has to be redefined and it has to be a cornerstone of what organizations do. And what you do, Tony, is gonna to be very, very important as you think about coming out of COVID and what does the new normal look like? So we can talk a little bit about that as well. I love that. And you know, the fact that you have spent so much time with, with businesses that look at people eyeball to eyeball, you know, bringing people into a restaurant, treating them at the, at the Walt Disney Company, absolutely going to be guests every single day. You know, we talk about CX a lot in my world. I think it should be GX based on our time together here. Exactly. And I appreciate that, which actually segues neatly into as you talk about experience and those kind of things, you know, a lot of studies have begun to show that team experience is just as important as guest experience because one will actually feed the other. So you've got to balance both of those needs. Talk to me a little bit about how you've kept teams engaged and, empower, uh, and empowered to deliver great service and, and great hospitality and execution over the years. Yeah, team and guest engagement is critically important as you think about how everyone plays their part or their role. You know, at Disney, you're called cast members and that you're actually putting on the show, which is important. And I was fortunate to cut my teeth at the beginning of my career with Darden restaurants. Darden was solid as far as experiential, solid as far as making sure from one restaurant to the other, the standards were in place so people knew how to do their job. And it wasn't about training, it was about teaching and bringing out the best in people but truly, if you want to have an engaged team and each team member, one, you have to look at them as individuals first. What motivates them? What type of recognition do they like to receive when they a job well done? Certainly, how do you then bring those individuals together as a team with complementary talents where people are put in the right place at the right time to do their best? And then recognition really calling out the important members of the team that set the right example and help others along the way. We used to have some fun too, because <laughs> if you can make it fun, it really is so much more exciting to go to work than when you go to work and it's drudgery or it's just a four letter word called work. So we used to do some really cool things with recognition where we would do contests and we would do, you know, not only the, the culinary, the heart of the house, but also the front of the house and see how you could get those folks to work together. Because sometimes, as you know, Tony, back against front, front against back in a restaurant world, it's a tough thing to do. So 
It is. And and everyone who's listening to this knows that I cut my teeth in restaurants and hospitality coming up. And uh, it was an ever, ever living battle uh, between the kitchen, the dish room and the front of the house and and usually the host or hostess stand. Uh, All of those things, when they work in concert, it is fantastic. And when they don't, disaster is the word that typically comes to mind for me. Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a neat segue, too, because you, you kind of nibbled around the edges a little bit at the beginning and also in, in kind of your last answer around leadership. So if you could talk a little bit about what makes a great leader, you know, what are, what are some things that are important to you both as a leader and, and when you are being led within an organization, what do you think is important uh, to really drive great leadership? Now, I'll give you a couple different examples, if you don't mind, Tony. Sure. First and foremost, the one thing that, that – leaders need to be great leaders, first and foremost. You can be a great communicator, you can be a great motivator, you can be a great, uh, you know, uh, management and and standards and and all of those things, but people have to follow you. If not, you don't have anybody to lead, so you're really not a leader. So you wanna build followers through, first and foremost, they see that they have confidence in you as a leader and then that leads to the top of the pyramid or trust. When you get that five letter word trust and people trust you, they will exceed all of your expectations. And you do so by one, don't micromanage. Hire great people and let them figure out the best way of doing their job with your assistance and your support. Secondly, you wanna think about as a leader is what motivates each of those people. What's important to them outside of work How can you help them attain those goals, both professionally and personally? So it's an investment in them that you show that you care. And when you show that you care, they will be there locked arms with you to achieve the highest of all the types of standards you could set. And in some cases exceed them because you hire yourself uh, to surround yourself with really, really smart, talented people and you're gonna succeed. So that's critical. And then I think the other piece is, as you think about trust, it goes beyond the emotional thought process. And it's what I call hook them in the heart. It's where that's really, truly something that they, when I talk with younger managers, I ask them, close your eyes for two minutes, which seems to be an eternal amount of time when your eyes are closed. And think about that one person that's made a big impact in your life, whether it's personal or professional, and tell me about them. So in, in each example with these new managers, I, they would tell me about those particular people that made a real Im- impact in their lives. And I said, so I want you to think about that as you go through your leadership time, when people ask those that have worked for you that same question, close your eyes and tell me about who's made an impact in your life. How many of you would like it to be yourself? And I can tell you the perfect example, when I was hired as a dishwasher at Darden Restaurants, the general manager interviewed me. His name was Bob Glasser. And he was the first man to ever call me Clint. So from when I was 16 years on, I became Clint, not Clinton. And I love the fact that I've been able to live that, uh, that, that whole piece of formality becomes informal. Bob Glasser was an older gentleman in his late 50s, probably... His, he had reached the pinnacle as the general manager of the Red Lobster restaurant I started at, and he made everyone in the room feel special, as if you were the only person in that room, despite the crowd, whether it be guests, staff members, vendors, 
our partners who arrived to help the, run the restaurant, uh, he was a special kind of guy. And, and that's the person in my professional career when I close my eyes, who I think about when it talks about impact in your career. So that's kind of an example for that, for the leadership and development and really investing in your people. You know, and I have the opposite experience. I've been Tony since I was a very small child, except for when I was in trouble with my mother, Clint. Then I became Anthony Thomas very quickly. Uh, and so that was, uh, you know, that was always uh, how I knew that it was kind of duck and cover time at the Johnson household. And, and I had been found out with whatever nonsense I'd gotten into. So. It's funny you should say that being the fifth child of five. Um, whenever I heard all the kids' names before me, I was in trouble. Because my, my mom was so mad, she couldn't remember which one she was talking to until she got to the fifth name. That was me. So, the feeling. That's fantastic. When I think about some of the pieces that we're really concerned with right now, it seems to me that, that safety is going to be something exceptionally important out there. And, and of course, you know, I know that, you know, probably from your time at Disney, you probably still have safety tattooed on your forehead somewhere uh, as they talk about safety and courtesy and show and efficiency on the Disney properties. But I know how important safety is there. I know, you know, Wolfgang Puck and that organization, uh, as well as Darden, you know, they have that, that, that piece behind them of, of food safety, occupational safety. It's just you can't run a restaurant group that big without caring at a base level about safety. You know, what do you think some keys are uh, to keep safety top of mind with, with the workforce, with the employees, with the team, especially in this time when I think not only safety, but also making sure that your guests know what you're doing about safety and sanitation and those things. How do you keep that top of mind for team members? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you have to live it every day and it can't be you're doing it by yourself. Everyone must be involved. You've got to talk about it every day and you've got to show real life examples and you have to get everyone involved. And I particularly like the idea, no matter what operation we are in, is that you have a safety committee with representation from every department and you talk about the things that need to be fixed or addressed or looked at as far as procedures to make sure that everyone that comes in the restaurant that day, whether it be a guest or a staff member or a vendor or someone looking for directions, that they leave in the same shape or better than when they arrived. So it's really a high standard and it should be foundational along with how you treat people is that safety is part of the guest hospitality that you provide, both your team members, your vendors and partners, as well as those guests that are coming in the door. You have to treat it as if it's the most important thing that you could do for the day. And how, what do you think will, will be important? How do you think organizations uh, can do a good job of communicating with their, with their guests? You know, because it's one thing for an organization to do a really good job, and I think a lot of places do, but sometimes I feel like they miss the mark on communicating, especially right now, like my wife. You know, there's two people out there in the universe right now, the folks like me who just want to forget about COVID-19 and go live my life the way I did before, and people like my wife who almost have you know, a little bit of trepidation getting back out there in the world, you know, to get a little bit of angst about it. So she's very into what are organizations doing to make me safe, to keep me safe. What do you think about that communication with the guests, Clint? Communication is, is critical. One, that every person knows exactly what steps you've taken and what you've implemented and what you've done. And you have the ability to let them know how to communicate that to every person that walks in the door. So they understand the changes. With COVID-19, it's gonna be the new normal. 
And you need to figure out what's important to people, whether it's how far you space your tables and your seats, whether it's your ability to look at how do we take care of the physical space itself, whether it be how we disinfect, how we make sure it stays clean, how we go above and beyond that, you know, in the world of, you know, food safety and, and, uh, and, and you know, environmental safety, it, it needs to be very obvious. And it needs to be like, there isn't a single question about how you're doing it. And I think it's important for you to think about your PR system to make sure that you tell people and you have a great communication plan to do so, whether it's through signage, through spiel, through your advertising, tell people, tell them again, and then show them, <laughs> as you know. You know, I had a great English teacher uh, named Mrs. Jackson in high school, Clint, and she was teaching us how to write research papers. And she said, quite simply, Tony, you tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. And that is how you write a research paper. And, right. and I think it harkens back to kind of what you're saying there. Human nature. People, one, don't read signs. Two, is you have to make sure that they're clear and that the people that are working understand what that means and how does it get translated. So if a guest asks the question, how do you do this? It's very clear step-by-step step what that should look like. And I think it really needs to be part of as we think about how are we teaching people about great guest service when people are nervous about coming back into public space. So you really have to be really, really clear and people need to know what you're doing. You know, and I think I think walking the talk as a leader is so very important too. When when I went to the my very first Disney Institute training class, I'll never forget it. When I was starting to take this journey toward becoming an author and a speaker, and I was trying to soak up everything I could, I took the trip to Orlando. I went to my first class, and they started talking about safety and how important it was. And everybody in the audience was sure nodding their head, sure safety super important. And when we got off the bus for our first excursion they walked the talk because the first thing they did was check the street and they went and told us where to walk backstage when we were on an excursion so that we weren't in like a, a, a traffic zone, you know, and, and they were thinking about that from the, so it really was more than just, you know, a laminated poster on a wall. We watched them live it the very first day. And I will tell you what, we didn't scoff when they talked about safety anymore. Although we all had a tongue in cheek for the first 15 minutes, I'm not going to lie. But when you see leaders start to lead that way, it just becomes contagious. What's interesting when you have a group of people like that and you ask them about safety and you talk about how critical it is and then ask that group of people to raise their hand if they've ever been injured on the job. And interesting. the number of people who raise their hands is much more than 50% of most rooms. And as you know, Tony, I opened the Disney Institute when I was at Walt Disney World. Uh, it was a great experience to really have a, a really different guest experience defined in a way that Michael Eisner said, listen, I'm used to Chautauqua, New York, where for eight weeks they would help hold these experiential vacations and teach you about what's really important. And that's what Disney really wanted to do with the Disney Institute is one, teach professionals, two, give the guests the behind the scenes peek of all kinds of things from storytelling to culinary arts to canoe trips back into the areas of Disney that people usually don't get to see behind the scenes of walking underneath the grounds of the magic kingdom in that tunnel, as people like to call it. Um, it's really quite fascinating to see people really get involved there. And that was one of my prouder moments is because it wasn't your normal opening a resort. Like I did so many times for right. the company. It was really, truly working with some very, very brilliant people in their, in their fields. It was very cool. 
Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's great that it kind of comes full circle. Now here we are talking about, you know, about that Disney Institute piece. And so when we think about, and one of the things I think is so cool about some of the roles you've held, because you've also been big into opening pieces of business. I know you've done some overseas, you've done some domestically, all kinds of things from restaurants, you know, to, to healthcare spaces, to big cafes, to hotels. And when you've gone through these efforts of, of sort of trying to standardize what that looks like, I always think about quality and consistency being the true winners of that, you know, and, I, and people forget that, yes, you can be nice, but when you can be nice and add in, you know, the hospitality, the knowing people's names and, and tr tremendous quality and consistency, you've gone beyond service into experience, which is where you can really own, you know, the, the marketplace. Tell me a little bit about how you've gotten people out there, you know, on teams as you've opened new business, protect quality, consistency, and, and have respect for the product and service. How do you bring that home? Well, first of all, you, you really think about the technical part of the job that you know you can teach, but you really need to hire people for the right attitude and their right type of personality for the job you're looking for. And you really want to think about that. In other words, for in the culinary art world, you want people that have those technical skills, but they also need to be an artist. As you know, a, a, a chef without an ego is merely a cook. So whatever you do, you want to hire people who want to create, who want to be part of an experience that they would like to live themselves. Help them bring it to life. Define what does great look like in the job that they're doing and say, this is what we want. And especially when you're thinking about an opening team, invest early. First and foremost, get your people hired and on board long before you have to open the doors. Second, take the time to bring in the experts to help them understand every aspect of their job, everything that's expected of them, but also what they can expect from the management team and from the organization they're being hired to work for. And when they see the benefits of that, plus the benefits of what they'll be able to do, and the fact that they can grow with the organization. This is not just start today and you're gonna be this, this job for the rest of your time here. No, we want you to be able to, if you wanna stay in that job, that's fine. But if you have growth and, and potential that you wanna grow into, bring it on. Love the initiative, love to reward those types of people, and make sure you, you do it often, and you make sure you make sure that it's an impactful reason for the recognition that people receive, and then they strive for it. And then you have to bring the, the team together to be ready for the opening because you have only one chance to make a good impression. It's like that first date, Tony. You get one more chance for a second date. So you want to make sure that when you open the doors, they're ready to perform. And they're also making sure that they're exceeding every expectation. So it's really critical as you think about openings, you got to be organized, you got to have a good plan, and everybody needs to know their role, which is critical. And I love that you talked about recognition in there. I, I think that's so important. And I think you talked about sort of, of timeliness, and I think that matters. And I think specificity is important too. I, I may have told this story before, but I, I used to have a, a supervisor, and his name was Brian. And Brian used to call me every week for, for a check-in call. And he would always say at the end of our call, Tony, thanks for all you're doing. And, and I always wanted to say, well, Brian, what is it you think I'm doing? You know, because I always felt like that is, is 
it's a nonsensical piece of recognition. It's the one piece of advice I give every executive I coach. Stop saying thanks for all you're doing. I understand you want to thank somebody for something. I get that. But thank them for something specific. Otherwise, I, I don't think it has any meaning. Yeah, you're correct. And it needs to have substance. And it, mean, means to, it needs to be meaningful for that person. Some people like to be publicly recognized. And some people are embarrassed. Or they don't want to be on the front line of everyone watching. So you have to understand who and when, but also what, like you said, be specific, make sure they get recognized and understand why. And then also clearly, what does that mean for their future? And that recognition needs to be consistent. And I always like to make sure that when you have fun, you got a great work team, that recognition comes naturally. And you want to make sure you're not just picking out the 1% that's wrong, but recognize the 99% that's right. And that's where human nature is natural to pick out what's wrong instead of saying, listen, we did a lot of great things and let people know what you did. And I wouldn't know why leaders wouldn't want to pick out the good stuff because even if you, even if you, you don't want to give the good recognition, you want people to keep doing the good stuff as much as you want them to stop doing the bad, right? So it, either way, it makes sense whether you're just a great person who wants to be positive or you just want people to keep doing the stuff that you love, you got to call out what's right. Or as a leader, your teams are never going to know what their expectation is. Exactly. Exactly. And then how does that translate into the big picture as far as success? And, and I think we've nibbled around the edges a little bit of it. What role does accountability play? You know, you kind of mentioned training a little bit, which I think stands up the skills that we want, because obviously you can't ever have a consistent experience without really great training. I think it's one of these silver bullets in, in organizations. How does accountability factor in sort of once you've got people trained and once the business is rolling, you know, tr uh, validation, those kind of things, what role does that play? Well, I think accountability is a, a personal responsibility. But also, as you and I have worked together, Tony, you talk to people about work or what they're looking to accomplish and ensure that you give very balanced feedback. And you talk about, you know, with the next, before the next time we meet, let's talk about how you can look at ways to improve in this particular area. I think it's really difficult for human nature to address the things that aren't right and we wait and wait and wait until the point where it becomes a lot larger than it is, instead of giving good balanced feedback on a timely basis, as well as the, the good part. But then also, as you and I know, we had development conversations around career. So make sure you balance the work, you balance the, the, the performance, and then you balance, where do you wanna go? What would you like to do? How can I help you achieve your career goals? But understand, you need to do the work and I'll do the help. Right. Um, that's what a leader should do is allow people to get that work and achieve their goals. It may not be the same goals that you're looking for, but let's short term, we have the same goal. And longer term, you may want to do something different. That's okay. That's okay. Amen to that. And, you know, before we jump into our lightning round, I also want to let you know that my book, Together We Serve, is still available on Amazon.com. If you're looking to actually bring some of these principles to life that we've been talking about, Clint and I share a lot of the same thoughts when we think about how we lead teams and how we serve. And, and honestly, I probably stole most of them from Clint himself. But at any rate, uh, my book, Together We Serve, is, is, is on Amazon. You can look it up, you know, Together We Serve by Tony Johnson. It's available on ebook, audiobook, and if you like a good old-fashioned paperback, please make sure to give that a look because there are some really great tactical moves. And I think my favorite part of this book is at the end of every chapter, 
I give you four things you should do to operationalize all the stuff we talked about in the chapter, because I'm a big fan of not just giving the what, but the how and the why behind everything we do to drive experience. But now, sir, it is time for the lightning round. Are you ready? Before we lightning round, Tony, okay. shamelessly plug, I have a copy of, of Tony's book and bought additional copies for my team as far as the, the real content, that meaningful way to approach and operationalize. It is a step-by-step -step process. Go out and check it out. It is a very, very well-read, easy to read, doesn't take a long time, but it sure does hit home with what great guest hospitality should be. Well, thank you for that. I sure appreciate the plug, sir. And uh, when we jump into the lightning round here, I'm curious, do you have a favorite quote? I know you are a sponge for learning. You used to always send me uh, quotes all the time when you would find them or text me. I don't know what you're doing up 3 a.m. texting me quotes, but I always love them. Uh, do you have a favorite one that speaks to you? You know, I have a lot of quotes. I get a quote every single day at eight o'clock in the morning. And this is a guy that you should look up. His name is Don Yeager. Spelled a little differently, Y-A-E-G-A-R. Don Yeager, great author, worked for Sports Illustrated, but he sends me an inspirational quote every morning at 8 a.m. through his service. Great guy. Um, but, you know, one that particular, you know, you think about leadership and winning and making sure that the whole person is part of that. John Wooden comes to mind. The great basketball coach for UCLA, 11 straight national championships, never will be achieved again. What John used to say is, be quick, but don't be in a hurry. So in other words, stay on your toes, be nimble, be quick to move, but don't be in a hurry to achieve something if you haven't fully invested in all that you need to do it in the right way and be successful. I really like that quote. It really does translate well when you think about what you're trying to do. Be quick, but don't be in a hurry. I liked what uh, John had to say. He has many of them, by the way. He does. How about your first job? What was your first job, Clint? I think I said that earlier, Red Lobster Restaurants hired as a dishwasher. I was 16 years old, hoping to make enough money to put gas in the car and, and I just bought from my brother for $300. And uh, then also maybe have a little bit left over to maybe have a date. I ended up working so much, I didn't get any dates, but I did put gas in the car, put myself through college and uh, went into the management training program. Uh, and again, I talked about uh, Bob Glasser, the general manager who hired me, uh, who gave me a lot of good, good life lessons to, to get started, even though I was only 17 at the time. What is your favorite food? You know, I have a lot of different foods that I like, but I'm a pretty basic guy when it comes to a really nice steak on the grill barbecued. And then also, if you can throw in a little bit of uh, creativity with, uh, you know, a really nice Bordelais sauce to go with it. Uh, it's uh, kind of, uh, that's kind of what I like, but, uh, I cook lots of different things and lots of different foods. So that's awesome. And then our final question, where's your favorite vacation spot? Well, you know, it's funny. I travel a lot internationally. Um, my wife and I track how many countries we've been to. She has, uh, been to 75, uh, uh, different countries around the world. I thought I'd been to a lot. Um, I, I actually visited 50 different countries, but I would say Norway. Um, one, uh, it's where we got engaged. Two, we did some amazing hikes and outdoor uh, things, but there's also what a great people the Norwegians are and such beautiful sites to visit. And it's just a, an incredible place, but it's hard to, to point to one, but that's the one that sticks out in my mind at this moment. 
Well, I appreciate that. Well, Clint, we have, uh, we have hit that finish line. I uh, so appreciate your time today. And uh, it was such a great conversation. Thank you kindly for being on the show. Oh, thanks, Tony. Good luck with you. And I look forward to being on your podcast again soon. I appreciate that. And so that is our show. Again, thanks to Clint Westbrook. And everybody, we are in the middle of the Great Service Comeback. So please, if you have not dialed up my book yet, Together We Serve, please do. Also, go to igniteyourservice.com slash comeback and sign up for your free 45-minute growth coaching consultation. We can talk about connecting your brand to your service, to your leadership, to all the tactics it's going to take to get there together. But until next time, I've been Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. Please keep your customers at the center of everything you do, or actually keep your guests at the center of everything you do, as Clint reminding us, because that is where the most amazing things are possible. Thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you next week. This has been Customer Service Academy Radio with Tony Johnson. Tony is available to speak at your event, meeting, or workshop. Have a powerful customer-focused day.